Mamma mia. Yeah. That's whose mom it is. It's your mom. My mother. <laughs> yes. We should uh, translate Mario. My mother. Yeah. What other stuff does he say that's Italian, or is that the only one? What's spaghetti Italian for? Is it Italian for, like, flat noodle or something? Fettuccine is probably that. I think the E is plural. A single strand might be spaghetto. Nice. Oh, uh, spaghetti, it literally means string. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Li it means little string. So he should say little string. Well, it's the little strings that kill. That's so. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like my advice ball. It's just this little thing I like, but you reject it. You hate it because I like it. This is episode 242 of Insert Credit, a video game talk show featuring a panel of experts with a sworn duty to thoroughly address each topic presented to them within six minutes or suffer the indignity of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and when I'm creating a character in a sports game, I usually give that character the jersey number one. Oh, interesting. Uh, I'm Frank Cifaldi, and when I'm creating a character in a sports game, it's been a while. And something that comes to mind for me, I don't remember which game it was or even who made it, but I had an NBA game on the Sega Genesis because this is uh, the brief time that I was like actually into watching uh, the NBA. I had a good two seasons or so. And uh, as most of us know, uh, Michael Jordan was not a, a player that one would find in a basketball game uh, during his prime. Mm -hmm. So in this game, I, I you, you can create basketball characters and I put in the name Michael Jordan and they had they had very cleverly put in hidden characters they didn't have the rights to that unlock their numbers and appearance and stats by putting their names in. They got away with that somehow. So oh, that's uh, smart. Yeah. So I, and I, I just started experimenting. It was like Magic Johnson, and like that worked too. And uh, there's probably a good list on GameFAQs or something for whatever this game was. But uh, I guess my answer is I, I see if there's actual hidden characters in there somehow. Interesting. Uh, I'm Tim Rogers, and uh, when I'm creating a character in a sports game, I try to give them the number 420. Nice! Um, yes. And then you, you can't, because they only give you two letters. So I, I go for, believe it or not, 42, which is also significant elsewhere in sports. Sometimes I'll go with the number 18, as the numerology has it, the numbers 1 and 8. Uh, you know, I, I, you separate them with one zero, that's lucky. Uh, if there's no zero, it's still chill. So 18 is another number I go with if I'm making myself. Um, recently, I made a character in NBA, uh, in my career mode, NBA 2K, the newest one, whose number was zero zero, and his name was, uh, was Bricky Lee's Trash Can. So that's the number I'd give a guy like that. Uh, thank you. That makes sense. Uh, I'm Brandon Sheffield. Just just uh, to query Jeffy about your intro, are were you are you the advice ball in that in that scenario? I know that it's from <laughs> facade. I'm aware, but it just like it, if in the context of the podcast, are you, would you be the the advice ball? I think you're the advice ball in that I am questioning each of you to. Uh, oh yeah, you consult us exactly. That's right. I was just trying to figure it out. Uh, okay, I'm Brandon Sheffield, and if I when I'm creating a sports character. I mean, I guess everybody would assume, and it's true, that I use number 13 because uh, I'm perpetually a high schooler. So, um, 13. <coughs> unlucky 13. Pocket likes it. Barks to do. Uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs>
Joining us this week is Loose Cannon, game design lead for Future Club and aspirational player of every video game, Matthew Kuma. Oh, sorry, that was a little too loud. I've there. never liked that uh, term asp aspirational. Do you know what I mean? Like, as if you're either doing something or you're not doing it, right? Right. So, I'm an aspiring author. It's like, no, no, you're, are you, you're, you, you got darn Yoda? It's saying it, you exactly. Can't, I, am, yeah. I am, in fact, Yoda. Many people have not seen the true pictures of me. I'm a tiny green man who lives on a forest planet. You're just repackaging a Yoda quote when you say you're either doing something or not doing it. This is very combative already, Tim. Jesus Christ, is it because I said your voice was velvety? Fuck's sake. I just, I just don't like you, Matthew Kumar. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna. Uh, that's my, that's my character motivation this week. Is I just, I'm, I'm a guy who doesn't like Matthew Kumar. I'm sorry. It's your character it's, motivation it, this it was, week. It was, it was written in the, it was written in the fortune cookie. Uh, so it said, it's in the show bible. That's yeah. That's how it's I get my. That's how I get my, my cues every week. Matthew, what jersey number do you put on your sports characters? Honestly, like the, the last bunch of sports games I've played where I've created a character involving football games. So it, you know, football or as you know, it's soccer. You don't actually choose your jersey number, right? It's usually just assigned. So, you know, it's probably going to be nine because you're always, always going to play a striker because you want to score the goals. But uh, if I'm picking a number for stuff, it's usually the number 52. It's one of those numbers that for some reason has just a special sort of um, connection between me and friends from university. One of those numbers you see a lot, you know, number weeks of the year, other things. Every time I see it, I think of special times with pals. So that's what I tend to use. 52. Yep. All right. Brandon, you won the show last week. Uh, for those of you just tuning in for the first time to this episode, every single episode, I choose a winner based on how well our panelists do at answering and handling each of these inane questions. And the award for being able to do it the best is that you have to come up with a question for next week. And Brandon won the last one, which means he's got to go into his uh, notes app on his phone and find one of the things he pre-wrote. And you gave him plenty of time to do that. That was really that was really well done. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I was dealing with the dog instead of doing it. Um, so I'm, I'm not ready. <laughs> Okay, we'll come back to you in a bit. Uh, uh -oh. Our first question then is one I've been noodling about for a little bit. What makes a video game obscure? Oh, man, that's a tough one. If you're a guy who knows a lot about the video games and you just encountered it today and you've played enough of it to uh, pretend on Twitter that it's a game you've always liked, that's an obscure video game. Thank you. That's uh, so. I, I love this old one. Has anybody heard of this? You're just like, like, like scrolling through pages of the. I, you know, I've downloaded every PlayStation One game ever made, and I'm just like lighting up games. Planet Tokyo. Oh, that's that's one I've always loved. That one. Uh, Planet Tokyo. Does everybody know that game? Mm, wonderful. Uh, you know, and then you just you play it for like two hours, and then and you know nobody's heard of it, and and you people are very impressed when you bring it up, right? Just name dropping it. Yeah. Maybe there will be one person listening to this who's heard of that game. And that's how I get my fix. How do you measure that before you deploy the name? I mean, I think I think obscurity no, you, is you not... feel it after. It's, yeah, it's not real. It's subjective, of course, because I mean, I, I see people on the internet be like, why is why doesn't this arena filling uh, musician get more acclaim? They're so under the radar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to c comparative to, per to the experience that they're having with their individual friends, I guess that's probably true. Whereas 
I tend to think of something obscure if I haven't heard of it because I have done my best to yeah. try to know about stuff. But on the other hand, like you, you could tell me about a NES game that probably seventy five percent of people played, and I'd be like, "Oh, I didn't know about that," you know. So like, it's it's all about your your experience. Like I I I knew what Worm was vaguely, but I'd never really looked at it. And then when I looked at it, it was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Was that obscure? Yeah, you like Worm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that obscure? Probably not. I mean, it's a little obscure. It's not like a game everyone had, but it came out here in the US. So like, you know, I I don't know. I I think obscure is so relative and so related to the speaker. Like it can only only really be like, this game was obscure to me until now. Yeah. And you're you're sort of uh, marshalling the game toward a larger, a larger renown. When yeah. you declare a game obscure, you are um, asking without asking that others acquaint themselves with it such that it is no longer, Indeed. strictly speaking, obscure. And that eventually when it comes up in a in a thread on, oh, what's the craziest video game that you've ever played that no one has ever talked about? And then, like, the first comment is, on the Super Nintendo, there is a game called Earthbound. And right. it, it's very important <laughs> to me. And it's like, and then all the replies are like, oh, I know this one too. And you sit there and you realize that you're 43 years old. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, and you're just like, all right, dude, you know, it's whatever. You know, every episode of this podcast is me coming up with a different way to phrase that exact question. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, one example from recently is uh, there's, there's a game called um, Space Invaders, the original game on the PC Engine. And it's a mm-hmm. it's a CD based game, and the main game is just straight Space Invaders. In addition, there is a mode where you can play versus Space Invaders, and it's got like schoolgirls yelling "Gambare" and whatever, and you're playing Space Invaders against each other for for score and their little power ups and stuff. And uh, it's not a game that became popular. It didn't. Uh, they never did that again. It is not something that is frequently discussed, and if you looked at the cover of the video game, you wouldn't know that that part was in there. So that's kind of obscure, but as soon as I now talk about it, I mean, wouldn't you want to play versus Space Invaders with yelling fully animated sprite schoolgirls on a PC Engine game? Um, Probably people listening to this show would, and then the show, then the game doesn't become obscure anymore mm-hmm. and was it ever really when it's just a sp- like it's in the space invaders franchise like how, how obscure is one of the most recognizable video games of all time i feel like any space invaders after the first space invaders is obscure <laughs> i don't know space, space invaders, invaders extreme is not that obscure yeah that's not too obscure yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just said that in unison and there was that one that came back into arcade space invaders fever or something um and it had the huge, huge screen, and and you shot shot at the invaders with like these mounted turret things, and it reinvigorated arcades for a while. I feel like it's possible for a game that's at like a Dave and Buster's to still be obscure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to like want something you have to go to a Dave and Buster's to play at this point. Yeah, probably is obscure. But the weird thing is, it it'll be obscure for for people like us or like mm-hmm. hardcore game types. However, it would not be obscure for like a family of six. All relative to the beholder. Because they would mm-hmm. be going I just have one more us. thing to say about obscure is obscure is one of my most commonly misspelled words. I type very quickly with very high accuracy, but 
obscure is on the list. I've been keeping a list of my most frequently misspelled words. And I very often misspell obscure, O-B-S-C-U-R-E, as O-B-S-C-R-U-B-E. And I don't understand where the B comes from. I'm often <laughs> misspelled obscure as obscrube. Yeah. And I don't know where the B comes from, and I don't know why I type it that way. But it's like maybe one out of ten times I try to type the word obscure. And I've become afraid of the word obscure because I know that obscrube is going to pop out. Radio and ratio, I want to put an N on the end of both oh, of those. Yeah. And that's one out Radeon. of ten times. I'll, and ratio. I'll put ration. Yeah. Ration, radion. Well, at least ration is a word. I'll, I'll be on topic, why not? Um, what I would say is I feel like it's something that you can actually like define quantifiably in terms of like there's so much information for everything on the internet right like like it used to be like i used to um do a very short radio thing about obscure games people hadn't played and like you know a lot of those games now people know pretty well like even one i mentioned back that is like over 10 years ago now was like live a live or live alive however you pronounce it the square game like which at the time was I think fairly obscure, right? There wasn't a lot of English writing about it on the internet. Like, say you watch something like, you know, Jeremy Parrish's Game Boy work. Some they'll talk about like a game, and you'd be like, "There's almost no information about this, even on the Japanese internet." People just didn't really care about this game, right? So I think that, like, realistically, if we're talking about things which are obscure. Like, it really just comes down to like how much coverage of it like exists, how much information can you pull up about it without like having to dig it up or play it yourself. Right. Alternatively, what makes a video game obscure is if it's a uh, survival horror game from about 2005 on a PS2 featuring the music of Sun 41. <laughs> there we go. That's the one. Oh, very uh, good. I, just want, I want to say one more thing, though, which is you take a game like Linda Cube, which is good game. probably obscure by most people's definitions in the larger sphere, but then you go to like the insert credit forums and you just casually reference Linda Cube and everybody has played it. Or at least, but that's a very particular audience. The insert credit forum. When you say that, that's only a small amount of people, right? You're talking about a generality of something being obscure or not, right? Why not just quantify it into how many people actually know about it or care about it? Like insert credit is definitely not like a mass audience. Do you know what I mean? So, like, is insert credit obscure? I would say so. <laughs> like by comparison to like many other things, absolutely. Maybe a lot of those people there have seen my uh, action button bonus feature uh, extended length let's play video of Linda Cube. Maybe I don't know. Some, some of them it could be. Could be it I just could think be. it's a sliding scale. You know, like it's not something you can say that game's obscure. That game isn't obscure. There's a level of obscurity to things. You know. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for that one game you mentioned on PS2. That one, that one's fully obscure. That is definitively obscure. Nice. Sequel, however, is not definitively obscure. It's obscure too. <laughs> Brandon, have you had time to conjure a question, or do we need to give you some more time? My questions document. It turns out has been depleted. I, I forgot to delete all of the We'll come back to you in a bit then. I, although I could ask a question that I've asked before, which You might... can do that. We're allowed to revisit questions. I'll break it off, bro. There's no rule against it. Okay. The The question is, what is a game that you didn't like until you played it? Um, so Interesting. I, I believe I asked this some time ago, but uh, for me, the example was Crusader of Senti, where I didn't think it looked fun and i just wasn't interested in it and then about like a bootleg genesis cart of it i just played through the whole dang thing in uh two sittings (laughs) because it's really nice and cute and has all these little extra bits in it and it just feels nice to play and uh i didn't even like the music but then when i played the game i was like this music is good so uh do you all have 
stuff like that in your in your experience. So when you say a game you didn't like until you played it, you mean a game that you uh, went in expecting to dislike, or that you had all your previous acquaintance with it had made you feel as though if you played it, you wouldn't like it. That all feels fair game to me. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's like if you uh, if you were really mad about Fortnite. And then you went and played it, and you're like, oh, actually, well, pretty I mean, good. I mean, I, I, I uh, definitely knew I wouldn't like Fortnite, and then I played it, and um, game's good, but the aesthetic is so repugnant that I, I feel justified yeah. in saying I still don't like it. Yeah, I think that's okay. I play a ton of Fortnite. That's uh, I'm willing to admit that on this uh, podcast that I play a uh, Fortnite uh, like at least like two hours a week because I play with some friends and uh, it's it's a really fun game. I agree that yeah. the aesthetic is not uh, is not really uh, that good, but it's such a perfect hangout game. Like it's like there's no pressure really to like play the game, so you can just like run around, kind of do. Sometimes someone appears, your group kills them, you move on, you just uh, run around this world and and just chat about what's going on. Like um, I started playing during the pandemic because um, we were... Here's what I'll get for Fortnite, right? We were looking for something where there was no problem but crossplay, right? Because, like, everyone had different systems and blah, blah, blah. But with Fortnite, the genius of the game, above everything, is that you can turn on any friggin' system um, outside of iOS now, where you can download it, I guess, and it will connect to any other system, right? So if they're mm-hmm. on a PS4 and you're on a friggin' Android phone, you can play together, you can talk to each other, which, like, just made it the, the quickest thing for us at the beginning of the pandemic to load up and play. And, so, and like, that's turned into basically two years of us playing it right which is like crazy when i think about it because like it's a dumb game right but it's just and also it's so smooth to freaking play like every single like action that you do in the game basically feels amazing it's insane i don't know like it's kind of you say it looks so kiddy and annoying there's so much stuff about it that kind of is annoying but as a seamless immediate like gameplay experience and like in terms of like his quote unquote metaverse thing, it's so seamless that it's the closest anyone has ever got. I think, hmm. uh, which is not really answering your question, Brandon. But I just wanted to say how kind of weirdly amazing Fortnite is in some ways. I mean, it could be the answer to your question if you didn't like it before. There's some good stuff in that Fortnite game, man. There's some real good stuff in there. I just can't stand the whole like pinatas and banana man and whatever and and the, uh, the like cartoon hobo shanty walls i think the right. building sucks the building sucks it's incredible that it's just the 1990s it's just unreal it's like a modern day unreal tournament being sold for billions of dollars to all the people of the world i think that's cool it's a uh, shooters one right it kind of feels like that just feels like the classic shooters uh have succeeded in taking over yeah. the world which is neat because i always knew those games were cool whatever game i didn't like before i played it um i don't know I guess I've reached a stage in my life where I just don't really give too many things a chance, if you know what I mean. I guess I've stumped everyone. I mean, that, that's kind of where I am right now. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I, I couldn't think of any games, so I started thinking about what situation where would I play a game that I was not interested in playing. And all I can think of is, like, in an arcade you know, and like a friend wants to play something with me, like I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't find myself in like people's houses and they like start up a video game and hand me a controller. You know, so yeah. Oh, but Frank, what about what about like when you're going through a ROM list and and you're like, oh, it's that game or whatever, or like the Beethoven Second or whatever. You know what? That's probably a really good example. But even then, it's like I know that I like bad platformers. Yeah. So I, I kind of expected to appreciate something about that game yeah that's fair i don't think i've ever like 
loaded a sports game and went, hey, this is this is pretty good. That that is a genre where I would hesitate. It's just it's it's hard to like a thing, you know. It's just harder to like a thing than, as a, as a previous uh, a former person who just wrote a bunch of negative video game reviews a long time ago. I can tell you, it's it's very easy to uh, go into something not wanting to like it and think of more reasons not to like it uh it's just as easy or if not easier to allow your prejudices to go forever unchallenged and not acquaint yourself with the thing it's very difficult to actually look at a thing you've already decided to dislike and then decide to like it um and it makes most people uncomfortable um so i guess uh, it's just not not an act uh i these days i don't know what happened to me something happened to me where it's just like I see something and I'm just like, I want to check that out. And I don't uh, somehow, I don't know, I don't feel like this is going to suck. I just light it up. I mean, I was all ready to hate Contra Rogue Corps. And uh, and uh, as as we know, I didn't. I mean, it was bad, but I liked it. I was ready to enjoy that Castlevania. I was. I usually go in stuff ready to find the, the, the good <laughs> in it these days. I would like to propose a thought experiment. Imagine... That you're streaming through a bizarre glitch where half of your viewers get audio but no visuals, and half of your viewers get visuals but no audio. Okay. What game could you play that both sets of your subscribers would enjoy the most? Uh, half get no video and half get no audio? That's right. Certainly not Kenji Ino's Real Sand. Yeah, not that one. My first thought is a point-and-click adventure game. It does not require voice acting. The, the dialogue's on screen. You're, you know, you're playing... I don't know, Sam and Max or Monkey Island or something like that, right? So, like, all the dialogue is there. All of the uh, inventory is visible. The people who can't hear you are understanding what's going on in the game because the audio is not necessary. And and they're seeing what you're clicking on and, and trying. And, and the, uh, the audio-only folk, uh, you are sort of narrating to ah. and, 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 and describing your thought process to and what you're trying and why it's not working. That's a good one. I'm thinking... Uh... LSD Dream Simulator, uh, or Dream Emulator, sorry, because uh, it's it's oh, that's very... designed by the guy who made uh, Planet Tokyo. <laughs> that's right, Our second Planet Tokyo. Um, yeah, good one. Huh? I mean, you know, it's, it's not that obscure in this uh, in this frame of reference. Anyway, um, LSD Dream Emulator is very visually appealing, but it is also one of those games that is. I think it's entertaining to talk about what you see, and also the the sound is curious enough that I think both parties would have a good time. Like the people that are just listening will get a weird soundscape and your reactions, and then the people that are just watching will. Um, I mean, the chat's probably still running, so people could be suggesting them cool soundtracks to play along with it, which could be pretty good. I think. That's 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 one that I got. It's not as good as Frank's, but I think it's uh it's something. You know, I have to say that I was I was spending that time thinking like, what is a fun game that would be that would be interesting to hear someone describe, right? I mean, I think Brandon hit on that with uh, LSD probably, like, but I do think that to be honest, if it was me, I would absolutely go for the cheap option, the same way as Frank, and just go for a text adventure <laughs> because, like, a text adventure, if you can't hear it, you can just read it, and if you can't see it, you can just hear it. The end. I would like to read an excerpt on the Gingo Wiki for the entry for Planet Tokyo. The trivia section has one line on it, and this is the trivia for the video game Planet Tokyo. Planet Tokyo means Planet Tokyo or Tokyo Planet. Also, it can be a combination of Planet and Tokyo. (laughs) 
<laughs> very, very good. Very good. Well, they cracked the code on that one. The game's sure chill, chill as heck. I mean, it's not good at all, but I really like it. I mean, who needs good stuff? Uh, here's another good one, but this is basically LSD Dream Emulator again. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm forgetting the name of it. Screaming Mad George's pinball horror game. What is that called? Phantasm? Screaming Mad George. I'm going to look it up. Paranoia Escape. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, I would recommend the video game Rhythm and Face, if anybody knows that one. Are you all just uh, listing video games that have equally uh, interesting audio and visual components? And we're talking about streams, and it's uh, like you're not talking about like what what is the sound? Not does the sound not include me on the microphone being like? No, it does. Whoa, it does. this rules. It includes you saying whoa. It does include you. Does it include me going wow like that or yeah. what? Like or is it just? Uh, I'm specifically selecting games, though, that are, like, they're, they're not, like, action-packed, so you will be talking about what you're seeing more than you'll be, yeah. like, stopping and... Because, and, you know, I, I don't feel like a first-person shooter, though it may have engaging sound, will be the one to watch for people that are sound only. Yeah. Because you'll just be going, like, oh, when you get killed, and, and it's going to mean nothing. I find myself pretty... Uh... Um, I think I'm pretty good at narrating video games as I play them. And I think that a video game that is also just really fun to look at and watch someone play because it's like a personality test and everybody plays it a different way. And it's also a game that I have in the past had a lot of fun narrating as I play is just any Hitman game. I would say something like Yakuza, but you could just watch a long play of Yakuza if you want the story. Otherwise, uh, I think, you know, Hitman, people play different ways at different days, you know? And also, me just talking about what I'm doing, I feel like is pretty fun. Final answer for me. I think the problem is with a lot, a lot of the games where you sort of generate funny stories. If anything, like it's actually more fun to hear someone tell the story than it is to watch them do it, right? I think in a Hitman, like it's enjoyable to create those stories and it's enjoyable to hear those stories, but it'd be more boring to me to just watch you perform those actions. Do you know what I mean? In the video, I think Jappy, did you say equally enjoy, or did I make that up in my head? The specific word of the question was enjoy the most. Like, they would both enjoy, or which side would enjoy more? You're trying to foster the maximum amount of enjoyment for both sides. Not necessarily equal, but both of them should enjoy it. I think you can play Hitman a real funny way. Uh, It's fun to play Hitman a real funny way. Just be walking around, like, about to throw a briefcase at a guy in public, you know, or something. I don't know, there's some fun ways to mess up in Hitman on purpose. For the but that's probably of... funnier to watch it is to hear. <laughs> well, so along the lines of that, I think uh, I was just watching an- another clip from Oblivion where some nonsense happened, mm. and uh, and I was just thinking about how that, that sucks. That was probably just about as funny to watch as it is to hear, um, because I watched it without sound first, and it was pretty yeah. funny, and then I watched it with sound. And it was much funnier, but the sound by itself was definitely funny. It was a situation where, like, some lady lures a guy into her house, and then he's like, oh, well, we won't be having any of that. And then she's like, come feast, my friends. And then uh, a bunch of rats, well, one big rat descends upon him, and he falls down stiff as a board. uh, and And then he's, like, saying stuff, and... Her her follow up dialogue is way too quiet underneath, and it sounds really funny. And then the player walks up to her and she says, "I have no regrets," and uh, <laughs> it's very funny in either context. So Oblivion yeah, might be good. Sounds like smoke some weed. But you did see it first. I did see it first. Like I think it's it's you did see it first, and I think it is funnier because you saw it. Like if you just heard it, it would be funny, but it would be as funny. So I think that one side's always going to be winning out here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
As speaking as a person who streamed sort of a lot, I think uh, if this scenario occurred, um, I think fifty uh, percent of the people that that is fifty percent from each category would just leave and would not That's watch true. the stream. I would like you all to create a new game mode for Minesweeper. Okay, it's just straight up Sudoku. That's it. That's my answer. Hmm. Oh yeah, just Sudoku. Yeah, that's good. Just add Sudoku to Minecraft. I mean, uh, Minesweeper. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got one, which is that your grid is now a sphere, and rather than um, flagging and depressing, you actually have a little a little brush, and you have to s- sweep all the dust off without triggering it. Oh, you're sweeping the mine. All you're right. sweep. You're sweeping the mine, but it's the same. It's basically the same mechanic, and it's on a sphere, so it's like Tetrasphere type of thing and uh and you're just dusting Tetrisphere it. rules yeah i kind of like that actually it's I, it's not the worst idea i've ever had no <laughs> let's celebrate that it's not the worst idea you've had on this podcast no i have a lot of them here i would make it call it my mind sleeper you go to sleep yeah you wake up and uh the puzzle you get you get one turn per eight hours and uh you can pay it for more <laughs> and uh, pay for energy points. Here's one: the, the more minesweeper puzzles you you um, solve, the more uh, cryptocurrency you mine because oh, you're, no. yeah. you're, you're mining you get that crypto. Crypto. I mean, that's over, Brandon. I mean, maybe you missed the mammal, but there is uh, no value in mining cryptocurrency it's anymore. It's coming back a little bit, unfortunately. And did you see that? Did you see those TikTok videos actually of the guys like in China, like selling all of their 360 TIs and stuff like that? Like just guys just standing in piles of graphics cards. Like <laughs> it was, it's like to the point where That's I'm good. like, I haven't upgraded my PC in like two years, right? Like, and I've been wanting to upgrade it, but I'm like, I'm not paying that ridiculously inflated money for like a graphics card and, and well, processors you don't have like to, that. Jerry. Yeah, now, now I can just like, I guess, buy like about 40. Uh, graphics cards for the price of what one used to cost. So as long as it wasn't getting shipped from China, so uh, you know, good times ahead for everybody. Yeah, I think so. It's time for big old PC games. Get that Witcher three and four K one twenty. You try that. Are those things just gonna like fall apart though? Because they've just been in constant use. Well, the a lot of people are saying that a lot of them are fairly like recent cards that they've okay. only been running for like a month or something because like Great. the crash was very rapid, right? And people were not kind of not expecting it. Like um so like as long as you get one of the more recent cards, like apparently you would be fine. I was gonna say get those graphics cards and just invent a new cryptocurrency and then uh just bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> Throwback. You'll have all the cards. I mean I they mean, keep trying to do it. We we all know that's probably going to happen, right? It's not actually going to go away. Capitalism It's, it's in the process of happening right now, I bet. Will grind on like it's yeah, it's just like some other bullshit's going to happen. Like NFTs are probably going to continue on ruining all of our game development lives and uh There'll be some other bullshit that like someone has come up to make it make sense. Like we're post value, right? In in commerce, right? People just want to make the money move around, and so like cryptocurrency is just it's just never going to go away. I think like it it's just what's happening. It's just we're just going through a bad time of it. That's not me saying to people who are listening like invest in cryptocurrency because it's fucking terrible, but like it's just the bullshit we're going to have to live with until the climate is the point where it's destroyed, right? It's just what's going to happen. So like a Minesweeper, but you can you can pay to own the little... They're, they're different little flag colors. 
you can pay to own ah, that yeah. flag color for forever, yeah. and then you can use it also in Fortnite, and you can. But also if you hit a bomb, it. right, it immediately gets sent to some random person on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. All my flags gone. But just the way mm. that every NFT works, which is like basically click in. If, as soon as you own an NFT, if you click anything on the internet, it's immediately stolen. Right. That's as far as I understand. That's how NFTs work. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah, and then once you get enough, once you steal enough um, flags, you can start a United Nations of uh, NFT. Minesweeper flags. Is that a good idea? <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Thanks. My idea for Minesweeper is uh, this is very, this is my great idea for an idea for a Minesweeper is it's a uh, oops uh-huh. all mines. Ooh. It's all mines. There's only, <laughs> only one square is safe. <laughs> yeah. And you have to find it. And if you don't, you got to restart and it shuffles every time. What do people like to play on their Windows PC when they have no games and are bored? It's either going to be Solitaire or it's going to be Minesweeper, right? Correct. So in my version, um, every square that you click that doesn't contain a mine contains one of the cards you need to fill up your your, your Solitaire decks. Oh. Yeah, boom. You're ruined, right? So you're playing both games at the same time. There's probably some balancing that needs to be worked out, but I think it's a million dollar idea. No, there's something here. There's something here. Call me Microsoft. <laughs> Okay, Microsoft. Parent, don't, my name is not Microsoft, just to be clear. I want Microsoft to call me. You might as well roll a Hexic HD in there as well. Might as well. No one is playing Hexic HD. I mean, my, my goal here is the, <laughs> you know, the, the middle-aged women who are playing by Super or Solitaire, right? So, like, mm-hmm. they aren't playing Hexic HD unless you know different middle-aged women from me. I think we should yeah, all got, take a little break to play some Hexic HD. Well, they gotta put Hexic HD on Windows. They gotta put it on there by default. I guess I'm not going to go anywhere because I'll rile up the dogs. So <laughs> I'm going to stay. So what's the deal with the dog, Brandon? I do you have multiple dogs there now? We're, we're dog-sitting Pocket's best friend, Willow, who is an 80-pound pit bull who does not... Um, she unfortunately has not been taught boundaries, so she doesn't know when to stop playing with Pocket, who is so much smaller than her. And sometimes she takes the cue of him feeling hurt or running away and trying to hide or us telling her to stop as a cue to go harder and be more aggressive so um we have to watch them all the time basically they're in separate rooms right now that sucks they're friends and they have a good time and they like each other a lot but uh they just they're used to being out in a field and not um in a house that's maybe not as big as it could be for them to run around and for him to escape and ain't stuff, you so. got no field for them to run around in <laughs> we don't we don't have a field also she had leg surgery so she's not she's not supposed to be running around Welcome back to Insert Credit. This week, it's time for us to go to the dirt bag. This is the part of the show where we take a question submitted to us at patreon.com slash insert credit, where for just a few bucks a month, you can get access to the forum that allows you to submit these questions. You can get extra bonus episode every month and some other cool stuff that you'll only find out the true nature of if you join the Patreon. Uh, This week's question comes from Seth, who asks, what responsibilities does a king of fighters have to their subjects? I think probably about as much as like Miss America has. Uh, you know, Miss America is going to go around and uh, change voting laws or whatever. You know, according to the the speech at the end of the ceremony, I think that's kind of King of Fighters is probably about as influential as Miss America. How could you Miss America? It's huge. Oh, kaboom! So many right. people in Here, it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, there we All go. All right, that's uh. Yeah, that's all you need. How, how could you miss America? It was never that cool. Um, yeah. yeah. 
Very good. I very mean, it good. is on the way out. Let's all admit it. Yeah. I, well, I think I think the responsibility you have to your subject is uh, to fight your hardest. I think that's the only responsibility there is uh, in 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 the king of fighting. That makes sense. I think your your main responsibility is beat the god darn heck uh, out of uh, anybody who so much as looks at you sideways, right? Like otherwise, where's the reputation go? Yeah. Well, I think I think to be a true king of fighters, you have to know when to not fight. Yeah, that's true. Is there a squire of fighters? Is there a, is there a duke of fighters? Why wouldn't there be? If you were the king of fighters, who would you who would you nominate as your first annual duke of fighters? Uh, Patrick Miller. <laughs> A first annual Duke of Fighters, second annual oh. Duke of Fighters. Who do you got? Yeah, yeah. Patrick Miller is like the one fighter we all know. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably Patrick Miller. I, I don't know that much about King of Fighters to be honest, but I assume it works kind of like the Santa Claus, which as soon as you become the King of Fighters, you have to quickly find a Queen of Fighters, or you die or something. Yeah, yeah. The sure. Mrs. Claus, it's called. Well, King of Fighters is a team-based fighting game, so you kind of come with your own retinue. Well, that yeah, that makes true. it confusing because you, we did talk on that KOF episode about who is the King of Fighters, but you, um, except in a couple of games, usually you fight, you win as a team. And so the, it's it's like a committee of kings. There are some where, where you win solo, but like who who is indeed is the king when you got uh, Terry, Andy, and Joe all just standing there like... Are they all the They're kings? They're the true kings. They're the true kings. That's where the three kings from uh, the... Yeah, the old Bible. <laughs> I was the, just going to say yeah, that. Yeah, from the Bible come from. It's very true. Congratulations. We did it. Frankincense, myrrh, the whole the whole shebang. Oh, yeah. So then who's Jesus? Oh, Orochi. Orochi is Jesus in that scenario, yeah. I think. That makes sense. I think that's right. All right, we've solved it. <laughs> Next Something. question. By now, we've all seen that Dolly AI that makes images out of prompts you type in, like Trail Cam Batman or Basquiat Ronald McDonald. What uh, will the first iterations of this technology be like for designing whole video games? Oh, God. I don't know if there will be uh, one of those. I think that seems... I mean, I guess there could be, but it'll... Uh, okay, so if we're talking about a first iteration, I think that, you know, those um those like weird hacks that people do for uh final fantasy like multiplayer hacks and like creating new scenarios and doing whatever um i feel like it'll be something like that it'll be more on the mod scale of things so you could probably get an ai mm -hmm. to do a half-life mm -hmm. mod that'll be really weird and strange but it'll it might not go anywhere but it'll it'll be able to run without without crashing immediately so i, I completely disagree i think ai video game generation um much like AI art generation isn't modifying art. If I'm if if I understand correctly, like the AI model is 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 more uh, looking at, like like subtracting things until it, it it figures things out. So they need a base. Like they they're still yeah. I, I understand they need okay. a base, but modifying a, an existing human made base is you know very difficult and 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 requires you know, a human for the most part. Whereas I'm saying, I think an AI game is just kind of uh, playing by its own rules in order to modify itself because sort of hacking at something uh, is, a, is a very specific thing that, that, that is going to break something else if you, if you hack at it. But I mean, like changing, changing textures and doing things like that. Uh, I think the first iteration that would be. Oh, we're talking about first iteration. I think you're right, actually. Sorry. So I, I was thinking more like modifying gameplay on the fly, but if we're talking just modifying assets, yeah, I think you're right. It's 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 going to be modifying, um, probably like 
tile based games like mm-hmm. like like nes games or something like that and it's gonna look horrible yeah making making new rules for dwarf fortress or something yeah i don't even think i'll have like rules right it'll literally just be like you type in like sonic instead of mario and it just spits out like a rom hack basically and whatever that is it's going to be so unbelievably annoying and you're never going to escape it in your goddamn social media because every single other post is going to be somebody else posting one that they like the thing about ai generation of any form is that it's exactly the same as your feed being full of people describing their dreams to you no Mm -hmm. one likes it when people are like, oh, last night I dreamt and I, I this thing happened and it was really crazy. It's and you're terrible, like, yeah. That's just not, you're just talking nonsense to me. I don't care. Like, and it doesn't, there's no discussion. Like, so people are like, oh, look at this. It's, as you say, Ron Madonna Basquiat or it's uh, Alf and he's at the O.J. Simpson trial. You're like, okay, famous character sure be at funny situation. You know, like that's mm-hmm. and that's exactly what any video game version of it is going to be. It's just going to be like, hey guys, we put, this thing into this thing and it's not interesting no there is just moments in your life when someone begins to describe a dream to you (laughs) i have this this encyclopedia of recollections of of just buzz killed moments wherein someone starts to go you know i had this dream i'm talking about like (sighs) like you know like your girlfriend you wake up and you're just lying in bed on a Sunday morning and the window's open and it's nice. And you're just like, ah, oh, what a nice morning. And then your girlfriend just goes, oh, I just had such a weird dream, dude. And you're like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> it's like, how do you just, it's, there's, there's no way to escape. There's no way to say, I don't care. Uh, it was, it was real cool. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I've tried saying I'm sorry when, uh, when told, uh, I had a, such an interesting dream. I'm sorry about that. You know, just like try to act like I'm the customer service manager uh, at the Dream Factory, you know, where it's just, oh, man, that's uh, how I started to feel about that AI stuff real fast. The interesting thing about that Dolly AI is there are a couple of people who were good at getting good results out of it. Did you did, did you know what I'm talking about here? There was uh, someone was uh, getting it to generate fast food logos. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That was cool. That was really cool. No, there's there's some okay stuff. Like on the on the insert credit forums, we do one where someone picks the name of a game, and then you get one of those generators to tr- to to make something, and then everybody else guesses, tries to guess what that game is based on the thing that the AI tried to make. And so it it can be it can be pretty fun to be to like try to suss out what this AI is trying to do. As a sort of a party game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've made a folk game out of it. It's not really the actual thing itself that's interesting. It's the game that you made this fun. Like, yeah. What I want to know is, right, is that if we could, we have an AI that could draw friggin' Alf at the OJ Simpson trial, but I don't have an AI that could block those images and any images <laughs> of babies. I never want to see your fucking baby. I don't care what it's doing from everything. Right, why can't I just type into Twitter or something? Don't ever show me a fucking baby. Don't ever show me a Dali. <laughs> People don't tag it as well. They don't like tag Dali or AI generated so I can at least block that fucking shit. Mute it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's at this point, it's just like, do I have to block everyone? Do I never want to hear anyone speaking ever again? Because, I'm like, gonna tell you what. it's like, how do you not know it's boring? I mean, how do people not know it's boring? Like, it's boring. Okay, Matthew Kumar, first of all, uh, what you got to do is just, you got to just, just stop looking at it. Uh, just turn. Just, I've got to. I, I haven't looked at social media now in like seven months. It's pretty good. Um, I just sit I here. I uh, 
I smoke weed. Nice. And I just uh, work uh, 20 hours, 16 hours a day. And uh, I don't have to worry about I talk to my friends on Discord. You know, you just get a couple of buds just to do it like the old style. You know, just talk to a couple of buds on the Discord. And uh, I you mean, do that's have a good point. And if somebody has a baby, just don't talk to them anymore. It's easy. It's, well, I mean, that's usually what happens, let's be honest. It is. The, it's a decision they make. They just wind up disappearing. I'm just kidding. Babies, I, I can sort of understand how uh, wh- how someone feels about a baby because I have a I have, I have a child over here. Where yeah, you I mean, at? Come I, here, Bivis. I get it. Get over here, Bivis. I get it. He's he's over by the door. He's a, he's standing sentinel. Yeah, no, right pets now. are completely different. Like, I understand, like, like, I have a cat. Like, I could look at pictures of that cat. We look at pictures of Envy's cat all fucking day, right? That touches a particular part of my brain. You look at pictures of any cat, and basically just it, uh, cats just look like cats. Whereas my Bibbity Babis, he's a, he's a unique individual, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, exactly. That's how people feel about their children, how people feel about their dogs, and blah, 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 right? I think Bibbity Babis is great. I would I love to look at pictures of him. He's a fantastic little guy. He's my um, baby. I don't need to block him. I want to block the babies. <laughs> I'd like to block this discussion. Let's move on to our next topic. Is the implementation of fast travel a tacit admission that traversing your game's world isn't interesting? Oh, that's what I always said in my review of Oblivion was if you have to add fast travel, maybe you just uh, maybe your slow travel sucks. Yeah, I think that that's correct. That's how I believed in the beginning. That's how I, I believed about those things. And I still sort of believe it. Uh, I think instead of, except I, I've, I've kind of evolved my my understanding of that. It's no longer if you have to add fast travel, you're admitting your slow travel sucks. And it's it's now more if your game has to have fast travel, maybe your game's too long. It's not too big. Maybe your game's too long. Yeah. Traversing back and forth across a huge city like two or three times is pretty fun. Especially if you add some sort of mystery or tension. Yeah, or I mean, look at yeah, your, your characters on a on a phone call with the with you know uh, somebody setting up a job or whatever. Uh, you know, you you're being tailed by someone like a couple of times. But Lord, after you have to cross a whole city like ninety times, it's like I don't care anymore. And uh, I'm talking about cyberpunk here. I ended up fast traveling the heck out of that game. And it's so weird because the game is so grounded, and uh, they really go, they really do such a good job of making every single part of the open world feel like a very real place. Like it's quite remarkable. And then the fast travel is just like there's like a phone booth up in an apartment building, and it'll just take you anywhere. That's weird, man. I don't know. Game's too long, Jerry. I mean, I, I don't I don't think there's any like blanket answer to this because I I think a good game will. Uh give you activities that are optional to do by slow traveling yeah and and it's just you know what do you want to be doing right now those spider-mans man those spider-mans are the perfect example where the 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 slow travel is pretty fun no slow travel in that yeah well the (laughs) quote-unquote slow travel right like it's it's like uh you can there is fast travel and i played all the way through both of those games and never used the fast travel yeah i never used the fast travel in it either the, the Manhattan is, at least I didn't play the second one yet, but uh, Manhattan is, is actually fairly small, actually. Oh, yeah, like, I know. And you can get, get across it so fast that you never feel the, the need to do it. I just, I just Ubered from 114 to 110 uh, right before this show, and it didn't take too long at all. Uh, Manhattan in real life, even in a taxi, isn't so big. I think that Manhattan in the Spider-Mans is a, a nice, tasty size, but it still feels like something doesn't feel like as much as something as cyberpunk does 
But uh, man, I really wish that PC port was also the Miles Morales game. Oh shoot! Yeah, they're putting that on PC, aren't they? I bet that's gonna look yeah. real good. It's the remastered one as well. But I want to play the one I didn't play, man. Miles Morales one is good. It's it's uh it's a real real full. I mean, the interesting thing about it is real full-blooded, full video game, you know? I don't know what yeah. full-blooded means. It's a full video game, but it's only like 10 hours long. Uh, oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's great. And you're going to love this, Frank. It takes place during God Darn Christmas, right? Oh, God. So it's, it's, it's Manhattan full of Christmas decorations and, and snow. I don't want to like find my PS4. <laughs> yeah, well, that game got a, too hyped up for me, unfortunately. I uh... Which one did? Miles, Miles Morales, Morales or the I was all I was all did ready play to the... have a fun time and I I did not succeed. I played it for an hour and a half. Did you play the first Spider-Man? No, I didn't. Oh, uh, okay. So I What mean, did you not like about it? Um, I just didn't grab me at all. I think it requires a lot of mechanical like foreknowledge of the first one cuz the mechanics especially in the combat are a little uh, yes. a little persnickety, I suppose I would say. That's how I felt that way and then I also felt as though um if I did not care about Spider-Man or uh, references to Spider-Man, that the story was not um, something for me. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was the case. Yeah, I find the comic book storytelling uh, cheesy beyond repair. But uh, in comparison to some other kinds of trash it could have been, it was fluffy. It was popcornish. Uh, it was It was nice. I think Miles Morales had better storytelling than the first one. Uh, which I guess if you didn't play the first one, then you, that doesn't mean much to you. Yeah. But I loved Miles Morales as a character because he was like, oh man, what am I going to do? He always sounded like he had to take a dump. It was real good. He was just like really worried and scared of everything. I think I just, I wasn't expecting a comic book movie, even though it was, or a comic book game, even though it was from a comic book. I just wasn't, the way people were talking that about That's deranged, Brandon. You have to accept that that's deranged. <laughs> no, I mean, the way... I picked up Spider-Man, the video game. I wasn't expecting it to be like a comic book thing. Exactly. Because of the way that people, well, I guess I can't talk about this now. The dog is just as angry as me about it, Brandon. <laughs> It's on you, buddy. I'm ready for that Insomniac Wolverine game, dude. Is it oh. going to be Yakuza? Oh, but yeah. yeah. Is it going to be Yakuza, but you're just Logan? Is that what it's going to be? Oh, God, yeah. Yakuza and you're Logan and you're in, uh, uh, well, what's it called? Madripoor, which is like the, the, the crime country in the Marvel Universe. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. the country, country where all the crime lives. Yeah. yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll roll that up and smoke it. Oh, baby. And th I, that's not going to have any fast <laughs> travel. Because you're just going to walk around and get beat up. People are going to try to beat you up everywhere. Light your cigar and just say bub to people as you walk around. Oh, man. There should be a dedicated bub button. Man, I just hope Deadpool is in it so he can tell some of his great jokes. You know that Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool's hilarious, <laughs> dude. Uh, what I was going to say earlier was that I wasn't expecting it to be a comic book movie because of the way people were talking about it and because they kept or comic book game oh. and they kept well, I'm gonna, saying I'm going to go ahead and that. tell you I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a tip uh, I'm gonna, I hate to use this phrase but going going forward Brandon going forward uh, if anyone including someone you respect <laughs> including someone if anyone at all including someone you respect makes a Twitter tweet or a Facebook post or any sort of social media outburst uh, disclaiming that they are having a real good time watching the new marvel cinematic universe tv show even though they're yeah. not a comic book fan uh i don't even like comic books but wandavision it's pretty good like if they say something like that just never listen to that person for the rest of your life i think i think you're probably right i don't want to talk about marvel television 
But I do want to say to Brandon, why would you ever believe anyone saying anything about anything, liking anything would make mean you would like it? I know you very well that's never going to be true. I just want to like stuff, I guess. I want to find stuff to like. It's a weird maneuver to go for the Miles Morales game and not the original Spider-Man, which is a fuller, bigger game that ingratiates ingratiates you into the mechanics. Uh, I had to judge it for a uh, for a competition, so uh, I, there it is. I, I received it. Well, you certainly so, judged I did. it. Uh, here's our next question: Which video game feels the most Scottish? Oh, is there a Braveheart game for the PS One? Yeah, there must be, right? There is none, unfortunately. I would have really? played the heck out of it. No way. I would have done played it till its wheels fell off, to be perfectly honest. I'm on Moby Games right now. Hang on. There's, there's a Braveheart game. I would have done played it till its wheels fell off. About to hook you up. Uh, Braveheart for Windows, 1999. That ain't no video game. I ain't got that Is that an RTS? Uh, I think it might be. Do y'all remember Dragon Force for Sega Saturn? Whoa. Whoa. Well, Dragon Force had the straight up... Uh, Straight up, the battles just kind of looked like Braveheart, everybody said. Here, here, here's, here's a screenshot of Braveheart yeah. for Windows. Uh, according to Adam Pavlaka from NextGen, Braveheart for PC is a convoluted attempt at a game, but that's not necessarily a game. Interesting. I'm intrigued. I kind of don't mind a convoluted attempt every now and again. Oh, it's by IDOS. I might have this. IDOS rules. Is uh, GTA the most Scottish game? It's made there. Uh, right? I don't know. Oh, you, uh, the the Video Game History Foundation currently has three sealed copies of of, of Braveheart for the PC. Nice. Oh, that's excellent. And one sealed European uh, copy. Oh, is it from Scotland? From from cleaning out the IDOS offices. So uh, I remember that. Yeah. So I was there. Got that. The crack one open. Smoke it, dude. It's probably on abandonware dot com or whatever. M- uh, Matthew, are you abstaining from this question? Is that what's going on? <laughs> Uh, I'm not abstaining. I was just like, I, I don't really have an answer. I actually just like opened up. I was like, that's a weird question. So I just like quickly went to Wikipedia's category video games set in Scotland. And uh, it's a lot of kind of pretty weak things. Like, uh, I guess like racing games that have a track in Scotland. Like apparently Excite Truck and Excite Bots, I guess, have Sc- Scottish based levels. Forza Horizon 4 uh, has Forza Horizon 4 Scotland. is... The most annoying one because like it's clearly set in Scotland, but it's set like in the UK because they didn't like want to like make set it only in Scotland for some reason. Like so yeah. even though it's obviously very clearly only Scotland, they're like, uh, this part is England, I guess. And it's like Fuck They off. didn't want to commit to calling it Scotland. Yeah, kind of sleazy of them. It it, it sucks as well because the actual recreation of Edinburgh and everything in Forza Horizon is incredible. Like, actually, that probably is a good argument for the most Scottish video game because, like, it feels so much like driving around Scotland in a high-end sports car um, if you particularly stay in the north of the map. That's such a that's a great game, actually. So I, I have an answer. I might have to pass this through you, Matthew Kumar, as, as, the, as the Scot here. Um, is it fair to say that the DMA design games are inherently Scottish? I would, I would say so, yeah. Okay. Having uh, watched uh, Danny O'Dwyer's documentary on DMA design um, and and just seeing how the games evolved and just used pieces of, of other games from the past, uh, uh, I believe that all roads lead back to Lemmings, and I'm going to nominate Lemmings as the most Scottish video hmm. game ever made. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, 
Sure. I mean, I would say so. I mean, famously, like as 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 I said on our you know Breast British Games um, episode, um, you know, there's a statue of uh, Lemmings in Dundee. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of a beloved, important part of Scottish games history. I mean, like, and the game is like great, and the sort of like how would I put it, the irreverence of it is, I would say, pretty pretty Scottish. So that's a good yeah, answer. I mean, Lem is a good answer. I, I what about this right I, here I that feel I put in the like chat? Check it out, Matthew Kumar. Is this the most Scottish thing? <laughs> Absolutely, we can all do that. We can. We, we're, that's that's one of the secret things they teach you um, when you go through your Scottish bar mitzvah, the Scottish equivalent of a bar mitzvah. This is an image from the Jaguar game Kasumi Ninja, which has a character named Angus who lifts up his kilt and the fireball comes out because he's red haired. Ah, that's very good. If it were possible to be racist to Scottish people, this would be this would be, this would be it. <laughs> oh, my my joke answer was going to be Shrek Super Slam. Oh, yeah, I was going to say just Shrek. Car, uh, which is Shrek proof that you can't be a racist to Scottish people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I was going to say, though, um, was um, something based on what Frank just said about DMA Design, which was that um, Frank might know that DMA Design was working on a, a cancelled game called Clan Wars, which was actually set in medieval Scotland. So if that ever come out, that would have been the most Scottish game. So as it did not, I think we're definitely stuck with Lemmings. Lemmings and Shrek, then, I suppose, is the answer. Lemmings and Shrek, very good. Lemmings and Shrek, it's time for our lightning round. We're returning to one of my favorite games, Famicom Feud. In this game, oh, hit me with it. your goal is to name all of the items on a list I have compiled. Each of you has three strikes before you're eliminated from the competition. Whoever gets the last item on the list or is the last person standing is our winner. All right. Today's topic, only Eight movies based on video games have been theatrically released, received at least 20 critical reviews recognized by Rotten Tomatoes, and have a total score above 50%. In this game, your goal is to collectively name all of them. Oh, critical score above 50%? That's, that is the killer. Yeah. <laughs> that is the killer. Frank, you go first. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is correct. That is number five at 63%. 63, really? Yeah. That's low. Tim, you're next. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is correct. That is number three at 69%. Nice. Those were the easy ones. Brandon, you're next. I'm next. Okay. I think that despite how uh, I think it's really bad, I think Detective Pikachu is on there. Oh, yeah. Detective Pikachu is correct. That is number four at 68%. Oh, video game movies are good, actually. The era of... Uh... That one's really bad. Ah, man. I'm going to have to think about this one because you guys took all of We took the... all the easy ones, yeah. All the good ones. Ah, uh, fuck. Uh, now it gets interesting. Maybe... The, the very first Mortal Kombat... No, the most recent Mortal Kombat? Just the, a movie called Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to be more specific. Uh, fuck, which one would be highest rated? Uh, I think the recent one, personally. I'm gonna, I'm gonna... The recent one. The most recent Mortal Kombat. That is correct! Uh, Mortal Kombat 2021. Shit as well. It's fucking shit. I liked it. Wasn't a, was not a very good movie. Has it a Rotten bad, Tomatoes though. rating of 54%. Nice. No, just barely squeaking by. Uh, I'm gonna throw down Resident Evil. Uh, Resident Evil is incorrect. Did not make the list. Really? Yeah. Less than 50%? And people, the critical response to all of those Resident Evil movies was terrible. What? But they, but 
But the they sold like gangbusters, but they got yes. hated on every single one. Uh, but the yeah. first one is just a whatever movie. The it's first not... Resident Evil got thirty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Shoot. I mean, it's not. It, it is a whatever movie, but um, I think that especially at that time, uh, reviewers had a uh, an us versus them chip on their shoulders regarding video games, especially. Yeah, it probably would have scored higher today. Yeah, I think that influenced it. But also, it's it's like it's so Y2K and so new metal that um, all bets are off with how people would feel about it today. They might love it. My turn. Um, so I I'm gonna. There's a. Uh... We watched uh, both of the Angry Birds movies over here. Let's just say Angry Birds movie two. That just seems like a movie that critics would like, uh, or that enough critics would like. They would be like, oh, it's actually good. It's better than the first one. It's so smart. The Angry Birds movie two is correct. That is number is two at 76%. Really? Nice. Yeah. That's, is, that, is that number two? Oh my God. Yeah, it was, a, it was a genuinely sort of a smart, like funny little movie uh, that I was in. The sort of thing that you would, I imagined critics would just be impressed by when they watched it. I have a little Angry Birds story to, to tell you, which is uh, I had played Angry Birds at this time, but um, I met a, a guy uh, in a, at a trade show and someone introduced him as uh, doing the sound uh, for a very famous game that I might have heard of. And then he went like, Bakura! at me. And I was like, okay why'd you make that sound <laughs> and it was supposed to be like obviously i would know that it was angry birds but i guess i you know i played it on the train with the sound off and stuff Shoot. and so he <laughs> they just introduced him to me as this guy the, this guy who was very famous who would need no introduction and then he just squawked by way of introduction they just this the person introducing just expected that you were the kind of uh, absolutely the unhinged unleashed uh deranged individual to have your sound on mm -hmm. uh, and to be like listening to mobile game sound yeah absolutely not that was pretty fun but then once once they explained it to me i was looking at that dude and he had some thick eyebrows i was like did they make some of these birds after oh, you oh he is the bird bro and, and he was like they may have so but uh, you know with his attitude who knew anyway um i guess i gotta check one that's of enough stalling for time brandon what number was uh the one that got 54 Mortal Kombat? It's number six of eight. So it being number six makes me feel like I could get um, World of Warcraft on there. Under that. Right? You mean, you mean Warcraft. Warcraft. I mean Warcraft. I mean Warcraft. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to allow you saying Warcraft instead of World of Warcraft. However, that is incorrect. Warcraft got 28%. Oh! 28%? Yeah. Wow. I thought it was higher than that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was actually good, but uh, critics, weren't re critics weren't ready, man. Uh, critics weren't uh, they hadn't had their brains flushed out by uh, a decade of Marvel movies yet uh, so I have no idea what could possibly because we're, we we have two six right so I have no idea what number one could be I think that there has to be it's not going to be Assassin's Creed but it feels like one of those movies is probably in the list like so maybe Prince of Persia is it called Prince of Persia the one with one with your your, your pal Brandon I, I um, believe it's called that yeah oh, with, uh, Jake with G Joby. Prince of Persia Prince of Persia as 37%. That's incorrect. Oh, wow. Ugh, it's, it's too old. That was a good try. Good try. Frank, you're up again. I'm having a hard time thinking of any that that were just even like whatever movies like Resident Evil was. Although that that kind of bit me, right? But um, I'm just going to throw it out. One that came to mind for me was was Hitman. Which Hitman? There's two Hitman. There's two Hitman movies. Two Hitman. 
There's two Hitmans. Yeah, there's literally uh, okay. two. Wait, literally you both Hitman? Yeah. I want to say I saw one around like 2007, something like oh, that. Oh, with Tim Theolophon. One's got Rupert Friend in it, right? And the other's Timmy Oliphant. Whatever, the, the original. Original Hitman. That Hitman movie has 16%. Sorry. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I was surprised it even had 20 reviews. I thought it might not have had. Uh, That's absolutely bonkos. It had 116%. All right. I just yeah, I just well, thought it was like a, a a big lots Leon the professional. That's really that's all it takes. Yeah. Like when you need a movie. Sixteen percent. I thought it'd be like fifty two or something. All right, Tim, all right, you're up. Well, I've seen all of the recent video game movies um, because when I worked at uh, Kotaku.com, a uh, fancy website, uh, where I, I I ended up watching all of the video game movies because I, I wanted to like do some sort of video about it, and. Um, uh, just basically, any any recent video game movie is likely to be rated higher. So I'm guessing that um, I'm guessing that the 2018 Tomb Raider movie has a higher than a 50 percent because I'm going to justify this before you tell me the answer because critics were at that point exhausted with all of the uh, comic book movies. So a video game movie coming along, they were able they were willing to give it a fairer shake. So I'm guessing that to, that Tom Raider uh, from 2018. Starring Alicia Vikander. Uh, that that's my answer. Show me Tom Brader. That is number seven at fifty-three percent. Seriously, really? Fuck, I picked the wrong one. Yeah. Ugh. I'm telling um, you. I'm telling you. Critics softened to the idea of video game movies. Uh, critics have been goblinized. Well, I'm just gonna cheese it and say um, maybe Angry, maybe the first Angry Birds or Angry Birds Rio. Is that one? Angry Birds Rio. I think Rio is a different movie. Yeah, that's a different. Rio is a different movie. That's right. That's right. Okay, uh, I, Angry Birds one then is what I'm like. Show me Angry Birds the movie. That is incorrect. That got forty three percent. Son of a shoot! I'm telling you, I, I I saw both of them and I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, the second one is is clearly the good one. Um, neither of them is good, but the second one is the good one, if you know what I mean. Matthew, there are only two correct answers left on the board. You got one strike. I know, I'm in a bad situation here. Like, I, again, I don't know what people could like more than the Angry Birds movie 2. Like, <laughs> it would have to be something recent, right? Like, um, and down at the bottom here, it's like, I already said it's probably not going to be Assassin's Creed, because I'm pretty sure everyone hated that. What else came out? In the last like ten years, this video Warcraft bombed out. There's a lot, but I just want to clarify: we're not talking about uh, animes, kind of out of the picture, right? So we're no, not these are not about, animes because like, they're not. They have to be rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, nothing animated, right? So I can't pick right. a random Pokemon movie, right? Yeah, like, well, I mean, the, some of those like Pokemon that. movies are rated, so. Yeah, some of those yeah. Pokemon movies are rated, but uh, no, they're they're not on this list. Yeah, but they're, but they're not going to be included, right? Wake uh, me up when a Pokemon movie is rated R, if you know what I mean. Cool. You know what? I'm just going to say, even though I know it's wrong, because I actually like it and I think everyone's wrong about it, I'm going to say Double Dragon. <laughs> Double Dragon is nice. incorrect. Yeah, that's uh, not on there. <laughs> that, that film rules, dude. <laughs> Jeffy didn't even try for any drama there. It's no. just like, yeah, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> maybe, maybe it had twenty, been critically reappraised. Twenty critics popped out, gave it, gave it a you know lovely fresh tomatoes and and uh, <laughs> you know like what's his face is having was having a resurgence. Dacascos, say, yeah. Iron Chef, yeah, the Iron Chef guy that was in it. Okay, so I, I it's my turn, my turn near. Yeah, Frank, you've got one strike left. I know. Um, I'm aware, Alex Jaffe. Thank you. Um, I'm just going, I just remembered a recent one. I have no idea how it was. I know I was completely uninterested in it, but uh, let's, let show me Uncharted. Show me Ooh, Uncharted. Oh. 
Good oh, one. a bold guess. Oh, I'm interested in that. The 2022 Uncharted, that got 40%. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, Damn, I'm out. I'm out. Much deserved. Frank, I was going to say that was that was my guess, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did it. I'm just going to go for uh, uh, the man continues to post Instagram stories uh, in which he gives his mom a truck or he gives his mom a car. Um, I just I don't I I I'm unaware uh, mostly uh, more so than you know less than than uh, more than tangentially of uh, what is going on in any of the many movies he churns out and puts on Netflix and such uh, along with his buddy Ryan Reynolds and whatnot. Um, but Dwayne the Rock Johnson did make a video game movie called Rampage based Rampage, on the video yeah, game series Rampage, and I saw that movie and I was like, well. You know, it was kind of one of those milkshake straw movies, you know, where you, you kind of drink the whole Coke. Yeah, I, I bet that's on there. I think that's right. Show me Rampage. 51% Rampage oh, is our wow. number eight game. Wow. Dwayne the Squeaker Johnson, he squeaked yeah. it. Yeah, which means all we're missing is the number one highest rated video game adaptation film of all time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking it up, and I don't, I don't know about this, Chappie. Yeah. Frank, Frank, oh yeah, Frank has been. Uh, I'm out, so I'm cheating. Yeah, Frank's a lot. I guess Frank's a lot to cheat. Jeez, well, the the one I was gonna choose was another bid for number eight. So I, I, I was gonna. I'm, this is not my guess now, but I was gonna go for Monster Hunter because um, I know that it was briefly banned in China, which could have made the American critics decide to like it. It was, it was going to be my, my thinking, but... Um, I, I want to see I, that Monster Hunter movie, dude. Yeah, me too. I'd I presumed that. it was bad. It's got Tony Jaa in it for some reason. It's got Tony Jaa's back. He's back. He's back like John Wick. And it's got Mila Jovovich because she's got to be in a video game movie. Um, might yeah, as well. it's not legal. It's not legal. Okay, number one. That's really the tough one. I feel like it's got to be another... Um, it's clear that the Dragon Quest Five movie. Like another, is it, it, it? Does Wreck It Ralph? Does Wreck It Ralph count? I assume Wreck It Ralph I, or uh, like Free Guy doesn't count. Wreck It Ralph I will, can't count because the video yeah, game did come first. Yeah, I will tell you, Wreck It Ralph does not count. Yeah, okay. Free so Guy doesn't that, count either, right? Yeah. Free Guy also does not count. The Last Starfighter does not count. The Wizard does not count. Okay. It's gonna be some bullshit. Like, is there some sort of like obscure video game that had like an indie movie made? Do you oh know wait, I, mean? I like, think I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is. Yeah, it could be. I think um, I know what it is because I because I, I did watch it as part of my job at Kotaku.com, uh, the fancy uh, fancy oh. website about video games. It was uh, on my on my radar as movies about video games. Well, I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna fail here because I just don't I don't know what I feel like Matthew's got maybe the right direction, but I don't think we're gonna, so. I'm just, since I know I can't get it, I'm just gonna say Super Mario Brothers the movie because I like it and I think it's the best good one. Good one. Show me Super Mario Brothers the movie. This ain't no game. 1993. Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, mm-hmm. 28 percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were all wrong. That was a good. They movie. were all well. Uh, let's say sixty-two <laughs> yeah. percent of them were wrong. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm gonna bomb out here as well. Like I, when I was again digging around in the eight region, I was like, oh, maybe one of those random fucking of those seven Resident Evil sequels. Somebody liked one of them better. But for number one, I'm gonna have to go for again uh, a movie which I enjoy that I know is wrong, but it should be at the top of the list. It's uh, Street Fighter, the Raul Julia uh, Street Fighter movie. Oh, nice. Oh my god. 
Yeah, there was that one, the, the, the rare one that got 90%. JCVD. But for me, it was Tuesday. Ming-Na. That got 12%. Shoot! All those people are very Blasted. wrong. That's a very enjoyable movie Destroyed. with great performances. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust the Rotten Tomatoes score of any movie that predates Rotten Tomatoes. Tim, you are default our winner. But do you? It seems like you have a good guess for what number one is. I, I, I do. I do know what it is. Um, and it's actually not the one that I was thinking of. That was uh, on that I watched at Kotaku.com. So I don't know if you all knew this. We've mentioned this before. Me and Brandon have talked about doing a sort of a side podcast that is just about uh, video game movies because there are yeah. like a hundred and fifty of them. And yeah. I, basically, before I crack into the backlog, I have a list of movies that uh, came out recently that I must watch before I crack into like the annals of history, right? Before I go back and rewatch Super Mario Bros. the movie or whatever, I have a list of recent ones. And one of them is one that several people told me is actually pretty good though. And it came out last year and it is this werewolf movie. It's werewolf something. It's based on the wolf among us or whatever it is. Oh. Werewolves something. Is it that? Because I know that th- that one came out last year. And that's right sits right next to Uncharted with Are my... you talking about the uh the Sam Richardson film based on the twenty sixteen Oculus Rift game by Ubisoft Werewolves Within? Yes, Werewolves Within, yes. Because I because I love because that Sam Richardson's hilarious. I like that guy. I mean, how are we gonna get that? That barely counts. I watched some horrible Amazon movie with him and Chris Pratt just because I like that Sam Richardson guy. Well, with 86% certified fresh, Werewolf wow. really? is the number one answer. <laughs> Wait, seriously? Yeah, no one yeah. knows that's a video game movie. Like, so none of those reviewers were pre-prejudiced. My thesis here was that the critics have warmed up in recent years. They've been goblinized by superhero movies and they're, they're willing to just... Uh, say nice things about video game movies so i was that's that's what i leaned on there um no my this, thesis says no one fucking knows that's a video game movie because who the fuck has heard of werewolves within uh oculus rift players yeah what all 12 of them <laughs> the only way i know it's a video game is because it's on my excel spreadsheet of video game movies to watch that i i, I wrote up after doing many google searches that's the only reason I know that it's related to a video game. And then I watched a bit of a trailer for it and I was like, oh, I'd watch this. You know what, Matthew? Shoot, maybe it's good. I have good news for you. We've finally defined an obscure video game. Yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. <have> Oculus Rift <laughs> video game. Uh, God, we... <laughs> Oculus Rift is hiding all sorts of gems. Tim, you've got our question for the next episode. But before we go. Uh-oh. Who's got recommendations for our audience to engage with between now and the next time we visit their podcast feed? Uh, I recommend that if you know any retired or semi-retired game developers in the Midwest who have basements and are pack rats, that you let me know. Because every time I meet one, uh, ends up uh, digging up a bunch of really cool stuff and shipping it home to the archive. So let me know. You find a Braveheart game. Let me know in the comments. Just came home with uh, about 15 vial boxes of stuff from uh, Mike Mendheim, the Mutant League guy. It's uh, oh, all of guy. his game designs ever, basically. Um, and it's uh, real good stuff. All kinds of stuff about that uh, that that Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse game that, that, that they were doing at 3DO that never happened. I think we've got multiple builds of it even. Um, I'd play that. Paper designs for, you know, the Mutant League games and like, a totally unproduced Superman game for Sunsoft is in there, just completely designed with art and everything. It's good stuff. Oh, that so rules. Find me more uh, Midwest basement pack rats, and uh, I will go get their stuff. That's my recommendation. 
Very good. That's a good one. With that. Uh, I got some. Let's see. Um, I, w- I was watching the uh, tool-assisted speedrun of Pac-Man World on the PlayStation 1, and I found that quite amusing because there's a lot of weird movement mechanics being exploited. But I think it, the most interesting about thing about it for me is that it's 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 a three a full 3D game, but it's kind of 2.5D in that it mostly takes place along like a horizontal corridor, but you can move you know any direction within that corridor. Um, but there are walls, and one thing that the speedrunner often does is like jump and wiggle around so they they go like outside of the world and around the wall to get to the other side of it and uh and it's it's fun to look at and weird because it feels it looks like a game that you could break through regular speed running um and and watching a tool assist speed run of it is pretty neat so that's one thing also i'm gonna recommend a uh, a new genesis game called Mikey LD95 which you can buy on Bandcamp for I think like $20. It's basically this dude released a an FM synthesis album on a Genesis cartridge so you can you play it on your Genesis, but he also packaged it inside of a pseudo Windows 95 environment so you can like click around various things. It's ultimately just like little buckets of information so you go to Twitter and there's some canned tweets that uh were written and but there's all kinds of little secret stuff like you can you can restart into me dos and then there's like little blip bloops music in there and and stuff and uh if you do certain things you'll you'll get an email a spam email and if you click the attachment then it turns all your icons into little red x's and clicking everything goes thunk thunk and you have to reset uh it's cute and you can tell that he had a good time making it and hiding stuff in there. And I like the music. It's just some jazzy FM synth stuff. So you'll probably enjoy that, listeners of this podcast. I'm recommending that one. Which sounds pretty pretty good. It is good. Tim, you got anything? I'm trying to think what, what, if anything, has transpired since I spoke last into this microphone. Um, I ain't got nothing. I'm sorry. That's fine. Uh, that's, that's okay. A, that's a, thank you. I recommend just... Uh, thank you. There you go. That's what I recommend. To say thank you for all the things in your life. Thank you. Express gratitude as coldly and flatly. That actually reminds me of one other recommendation before uh, before Matthew goes, which is that you should uh, like set up a nice time for yourself. I've said this in the past. It's nice oh, to buy yeah. yourself a, a fun beverage and do whatever. But I've been... Um, roll, a, roll a little joint. Uh, I've been watching The Prisoner on Canopy, 1967's The Prisoner. A good show. And on, on Canopy, as you all may know, you can only watch four things per month. And so I've been watching The Prisoner every Sunday because since I can only watch four, I might as well do it that way. Oh, and that's uh, a cool eating idea. like a, a bowl full of loquats from my tree. And uh, just, you know, I, I'm, it's kind of nice to give yourself the same or a similar experience once a week as kind of like a little touchstone or a little reset. So I'm sitting there, I'm watching The Prisoner. All the lights are off. I got a bowl full of loquats fresh from the tree, all washed. It's just a nice, full sensory experience that you can have. So uh, if you could set something up like that for yourself, please do. It'll it'll help your brain. Full spectrum glorier is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Nice. Have yourself a good one. I recommend having a having a nice bowl of cereal. 
Uh, so first up, rather than a recommendation, I'm going to give a big shout out to my uh, mum, who is retiring from being a primary school teacher um, this week. Oh, nice. Congrats. Um, and I just want to say, even though she doesn't listen to the podcast, she will not know that I'm doing this. I love my mum very much, Aww. and she's a great mum and was a brilliant teacher. Congratulations, uh, mum. You know, congratulations. But in terms of recommendations, other than I recommend congratulating my mother, um, you know, you might have heard Baz Luhrmann has a Elvis movie coming Oh, out, yeah. Right? Called Elvis God. or something. Big old Elvis. Fuck Baz Luhrmann. Yes. He's horrible. His yes. movies are shit. Yes. Um, I don't want you to support Big Luhrmann, right? Ignore <laughs> Big Luhrmann. Su- support small filmmakers. And I want to recommend, instead of watching his fucking ridiculous uh, Elvis movie, um, watch a movie by a, a sort of original filmmaker who's kind of become bigger recently um, from Oklahoma called Mickey Reese. He made a movie in 2017 called Mickey Reese's Alien, which is um, about the early days of um, Elvis and Priscilla's marriage. It's a very weird movie um, with um, the type of acting you'd expect from you know original filmmaking, but it's a really good Really interesting movie that when I saw it, as it captivated me, I still think about it. It's in many ways my interpretation of or, or impression of Elvis now. Um, he's done a lot of other great movies, Strike Dear Mistress and Curious Heart, Climate of the Hunter. You have seen Agnes recently, sort of about sort of a non horror movie that kind of became a bit larger. But uh, you gotta go to the source. You gotta go to Mickey Reese's Alien. Highly recommended. Don't support Big Lerman. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought Lerman just died after Moulin Rouge. That's interesting. Well, he should have. <laughs> he made a couple other things. Yeah, he made uh, him, unfortunately. I mean, Baz Lerman's Australia. Fucking, I mean, like, Jesus Christ. I have a few recommendations. I would like to recommend that if you're listening to this show in some format where you can subscribe to a review podcast, that you engage with us in that way to keep the algorithms happy and in our favor. For instance, like this five-star review from Mythencell, who wrote... Very chill, lots of fun discussions and interesting questions. Jaffe's puns are the best part. You can also go to <laughs> patreon.com slash insert credit. <laughs> I see. Where you can become a patron to submit your own topic. These are chosen completely at random, Brandon. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Listen to monthly I feel like the last little while, every time you've done this, you've been bombing yourself up. <laughs> and get, that's right. Uh, really? Has that happened? I, I just think that's yeah. what people are saying. Uh, but if you go to our Patreon, you can get exclusive content, submit your own topics, listen to monthly bonus episodes. You can also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com or follow us on Twitter at insertcredit or search for insertcredit on YouTube. This show is edited by Esper Quinn. Thank you, Esper Quinn. With original music by Kurt Feldman. Thank you, Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And I'm Matthew Kumar. And congratulations, Mrs. Kumar. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I recommend everybody wear sunscreen. That's what I was going to recommend after you talking about Baz Luhrmann all those years. Uh, All the you talking about Baz Luhrmann. Everybody should wear sunscreen.